You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious, that we all have medical issues, or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast. I have uh, Dr. Trevor Cates. Uh, she's the founder and owner of The Spa Doctor and an author of the best-selling book, book, Clean Skin from Within. She was actually the first woman licensed as a naturopathic doctor in California, currently lives in Park City, Utah, where she helps patients from around the world achieve graceful aging and glowing skin. And uh, Dr. Cates is the host of The Spa Doctor Weekly podcast. She has her own PBS special. Younger Skin from Within. So we're going to be talking about uh, Dr. Case's work. So Dr. Case, thanks for coming. How are you doing? Great. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So why uh, why skin? Why the fascination with it for probably many years is my guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been, I've been practicing for almost 20 years. And I, you know, I think it's really been an evolution over time focusing on skin. I haven't always focused on skin. But when I started working, when I moved to Utah, and I started working as a doctor in the Waldorf Astoria Spa, and I so people started asking me a lot about skin. And I realized that a lot of times people think of skin, you know, when people have skin issues, as something they just want to cover up and suppress. Like for women, they'll wear more makeup. Um, a lot of times the typical dermatology approach is to use something topical to kind of suppress the symptoms. But my approach to skin is that skin is an outer reflection of what's going on inside our body. So it's oftentimes could be the first sign that something is out of balance in the body. And so instead of ignoring or covering up those signs, I'm encouraging people to look at those signs as, as something to pay attention to. Because if you can address the root causes, find the root cause behind that and address that, you're not only going to have vibrant, healthy looking skin, but you're also going to prevent or address other health issues that could have similar uh, root causes. Yeah, no, that's true. I've seen, um, you know, some women where they, they're covered in makeup, you know, and um, I guess with men, I don't know, I can't really tell if they're wearing makeup or covering stuff up, but uh, women definitely seem to address it that way. So mm-hmm. what kind of uh, typical skin issues uh, cause people to try to cover them up and you know what are some ways to alternatively look at them you know the root cause instead of just slathering on something to heal the skin supposedly 
Right. Yeah. Um, well, there are a lot of different skin issues and they can range from the most common, which are acne and eczema. Those are the two most common skin conditions in the U.S. Um, and really, uh, you know, most of the most of the world. And, and then, but then there are other concerns with the skin. There's rosacea, there's hyperpigmentation, there are mysterious little bumps that appear. There are so many different diagnoses in the dermatology world. And so there are a lot of things that can happen. Even just having more dry, dull skin or skin that seems to be aging rapidly are all signs that something can be out of balance in the body. And sometimes it's, you know, it's an acute thing that just flares up. Sometimes, you know, somebody might eat something they're allergic to and get hives and they stop eating it and it goes away. So it's a pretty obvious thing. But um, sometimes, though, it, it takes a little bit more detective work is what I like to consider it. And I really do like to consider skin as our magic mirror that gives us great information about our health. So, so I believe that there, I talk about in my book, Clean Skin from Within, I talk about six root causes behind skin issues. And so those are things like nutritional deficiencies, hormonal imbalances, gut, um, gut dysbiosis or gut, gut issues, problems with digestion. Uh, also blood sugar issues are another one, oxidative damage, inflammation. These are root causes that, and you know, as I mentioned, these people are probably thinking, well, those are not just related to skin. Those are related to a lot of other health conditions. And that's the whole point is that if you, if you're starting to, if you have some of these root causes and you start to develop skin issues, if you can address them early on, then it, you're going to be much better off, not only with your skin, but your overall health. Yeah. I've seen, you know, the, well, I hope I'll get the name right. Uh, acanthosis nigricans, I guess like a darkening of the skin around the neck or, in, you know, certain spots. And I guess that's mm -hmm. correlated with, uh, you know, with diabetes or, or high insulin resistance, you get very dark patches of skin. Right. And and skin tags are another one that you see oftentimes with blood sugar imbalances. People develop a lot of skin tags. It can be a sign that there's there's um, uh, elevated blood sugar on a regular basis that this person is either, hmm. you know, predisposed to diabetes or maybe they already have diabetes, prediabetes, something along those lines. So paying attention to blood sugar balance can can help that. Another another one, another example from simple ones are people often get these little um, bumps on the backs of their arms and, uh, and um, uh, these can, you know, there's a lot of people think they're like these little pimples, but I'll, actually it can be due to, and a lot of people will just start using moisturizer or trying to exfoliate, but what it actually oftentimes is, is an essential fatty acid or a, um, a micronutrient deficiency, like a, a zinc deficiency. And so people can get these little bumps from that. And all they need to do is eat a healthier diet or get some of these, get some supplements in their diet to kind of boost up their levels. A lot of times that can go away. And then also there are these, there's a condition um, it's called um, angular colitis. There are these little cracks on the corners of the mouth where people, people a lot of times will think, oh, I just need to put more, um, you know, chapstick on or put some Vaseline or something in the corners of my, my mouth because it's dry and it's cracked. Well, actually, it can oftentimes it's due to a B vitamin or an iron deficiency, and so until people address that, they can just keep it can keep happening. And um, no matter what they put on it, it's never going to really go away until um, until they address the root cause. That's really interesting because you know I'm picturing you in my mind doing like a visual examination of someone's skin, and you know it's accessible. You know, not mm -hmm. all areas, but most areas are really accessible. So it's 
a really easy way to look at someone perhaps and, you know, see what's going on with them. Um, right. And, it, and it's a tool that people can use themselves. So you may not know what the diagnosis is for the skin condition you have and you then you need, you know, then you want to go in and see your primary care doctor or dermatologist to figure out what the, what the diagnosis is. But if you notice changes on your skin, if you notice your skin is all of a sudden getting drier than usual or it's duller than usual, or you're breaking out in acne all of a sudden. All of a sudden, and, and acne is not something just for teenagers. It happens with adults. There's adult acne that's on the rise. And so noticing these changes in your skin and thinking, oh, what am I doing differently? What, what, is, what is different in my lifestyle? What, are there changes in my diet? Am I more stressed than usual? What, what is going on that maybe could be contributing to this rather than just immediately going and say, hey, dog, put me on Accutane. You know, obviously, you know, if it's a more of a severe case of, um, of acne, then you may need treatment of some sort. But there are a lot of things that we can do with our lifestyle to kind of uh, address these issues early on so that it doesn't become a bigger issue or a bigger health issue. Yeah, I was curious, uh, I guess, well, I mean, starting with the uh, skin skin tabs, uh, that seems to be pretty common. So you said they form in people that have, uh, you know, a diet with a lot of sugar. And once they form, is that it? Are they permanent? And why do they form? So skin tags out. One of one of the reasons that people get them that seems to be the issue is from having high blood sugar. And so uh, if you if you t- if somebody is noticing that they're tending to get a lot of these that they're sort of popping up, you might want to go in and see your doctor. Or get a, get your blood blood sugar tested, fasting blood sugar uh, tested to see if maybe this is an issue. And it you know it could be due to something else. Sometimes it's a genetic predisposition as well. But it is one of the reasons that people get it. As far as um, what to do about it, once people develop them, occasionally they'll fall off if they get their their body in a state of a healthier state, their blood sugar is balanced, and they're addressing these these kinds of issues. Then um, sometimes they'll just you know sometimes they'll fall off. But sometimes you have to get them removed. But what you should notice is you shouldn't develop more of them. They should stop, re, you know, popping up. New ones should stop popping up. Hmm. Okay. Gotcha. Is, yeah. is it always that um, if someone has a skin condition that they uh, they have a health issue? Or is it just sometimes people just develop skin conditions? It seems sometimes like... It, yeah. Sometimes it's an infection. You know, you could get an infection. Uh uh, you know, of course, like a herpes infection, of course, a, you know, herpes break out, break, a breakout, the cold sore, something like that. There's obviously, there's a viral infection there. So that is the root cause of that. And so you want to do things that help support the immune system. And um, we know that there are certain triggers for, for you know, the cold sores and things. So you want to be, be mindful of that so you don't have the, the breakouts. Um, but, um, you know, I think it, it, it really depends on the skin condition, but a lot of times, most of the time, what I find is that there's some sort of imbalances that causes that to happen. And so paying attention to that, why is this happening, especially if it's a chronic or recurring skin issue. That makes sense. Are there, are there uh, tons of ways in which the skin can manifest health problems or are there just a few? No, there are actually a lot of them. And, um, so, so yeah, I mean, if you think about um, some of the things that happen, like with hormonal imbalances, you, you know, acne being triggered by hormonal imbalances, you think of somebody that's going through puberty, you know, teenagers, and they're, they're, they're starting to break out more. And then also different times, and uh, especially for women, you know, there could be times during 
uh, when there are hormonal changes, that they could be more likely to break out. So I mean, that's another example of ways that it can impact the skin. I mean, hormonal imbalances can do that as well as um, um, other other skin issues. And a lot of times when we think of hormones, people think of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and the sex hormones. And that is one, you know, those are definitely a group of hormones that, that uh, play a role, especially things like acne. But there are also other hormones, right? There's um, thyroid hormones. And when someone has low thyroid function, when they're going towards hypothyroidism, one of the first signs is oftentimes dry skin. And it's not, the, you know, of course, the only thing that there are a lot of different reasons for dry skin, but it can be one of the early signs of hypothyroidism. So if someone is tired and they have dry skin and they're maybe having some constipation or they're, um, they're just starting to lose some hair, there's a combination of symptoms, but it is one of those early warning signs. And then on the, on the flip side of that, if they have hyperthyroidism, their skin might be more oily. And, um, and that's because of the metabolic process happening in the body, the, the impact that the thyroid hormone has on the body. And, and when it's low versus high, the impact that it can have throughout the body, including the skin. And then also with our adrenal hormone cortisol is another example where if, if people are overly chronically stressed, and of course, we're all stressed to a certain point, but if, if we have this ongoing stress and we don't manage it very well, then, then that can actually trigger a lot of inflammatory pathways in the body and it can worsen skin issues or trigger skin issues, especially things like eczema and psoriasis and these, what I call um, skin inflammation issues, inflammatory issues that show up on the skin. And so doing things to help manage stress, uh, balance adrenals, though, that can actually be, be very beneficial for those types of skin conditions. Why do you think so many conditions manifest themselves in the skin? I guess there's not obviously one mechanism, but, but why there? Well, skin is our largest organ, and it's right on the surface of our body. So it is something, that, you know, we, it's because it's so massive, it is interconnected to so much of our the rest of our body. And because it's on the outside, we see it before we see like we can't see our liver. We, you know, we can't see our bones and what's happening to them. We can't see our, you know, inside and our and inside our blood. We can't just look at it and see it. We can't see these things. We can't look at our kidneys or spleen. We don't know what's going on with those unless we have imaging or certain tests done to to look at that. But with our skin, all we have to do is just look at it, right? It's right there. And so I think that's one. Of, that's why I'm saying that it's. It can, it's such a great tool that, um, of course, going to see your doctor, getting blood work done regularly, getting imaging and things like that to make sure that you're healthy and that you're any time symptoms and signs come up that something's out of balance, you want to take care of that. But don't ignore your skin. I think a lot of times people are t- have a tendency to do that. Or they'll just use more moisturizer or something like that instead of saying, well, why is my skin so dry? Why is that happening to me? Why am I breaking out in acne more? Um, and and where, is, where am I breaking out? So with acne, even just the patterns of where someone breaks out on their face or their chest or back can mean different things. So for example, if someone is, um, especially for women, if they're breaking out along the jawline, then that tends to be, not always, but tends to be more hormonal acne. 
Whereas if you're breaking out along the hairline, it might be, it might be from the hair products you're using. You might have more oil production going on in those areas and that could be triggering. If you're breaking out um, and acne around the mouth, it actually might not even be acne. It might be perioral dermatitis or something else that looks like acne. If it's along the cheeks, right along the cheekbones, that actually could be rosacea and that means something different. So depending upon the patterns and, and, and where that those blemishes are, it can mean different things. How do you see that people psychologically feel about their skin issue when they contact you? Do you, you think people are a lot more sensitive about it and embarrassed by it, like as if they've done something wrong or, you know, what's the mental state of people that you talk to? Yeah, that's a really good question because it is, it's because it's so visible, it's hard to hide. I mean, if you're sick in other ways or your you know, body's out of balance, or you've got issues, you can hide that, right? But, um, but you can't, especially if it's on the face, it's hard to hide it. And I definitely think it impacts people's self-esteem and can be extremely embarrassing. And the, part of the reason why I became interested in it is because I had my own struggles with skin when I was a kid. I had a lot of eczema, hives, itchy eruptions and skin issues, a lot of allergic types of, of skin issues. And, and I remember how embarrassing it was and how I, and I remember the, how it impacted my self-esteem and, and being at um, 11, 12 years old and experiencing things like this was, was really tough. And over the years, I've heard so many stories from patients and, um, people that have reached out to me, you know, uh, customers on my skincare line and things, reaching out and talking about the struggles and the embarrassment and uh, acne, especially things like acne and rosacea and melasma and eczema for for people that it's just, it can become so inflamed and you feel like you have no control over it because you'll you'll have a really important, and especially some stress, tends to trigger it. <laughs> and so people will have a really important meeting, maybe it's a wedding or an event or a reunion or something, and they're stressed about it. All of a sudden, their skin is the worst it's been. And, and, and so it's, it, yeah, definitely is very challenging for people. I hear stories all the time of the struggles and how when it clears up and it goes away, when you address the root cause and you finally have that relief, that it it it's a it's a game changer. I mean, it shifted my life when I when I finally found a holistic approach and and that it finally it wasn't just a temporary relief because when I was a kid I would get we would get you know I'd get just a topical steroid and so it would calm down the the itchiness and the redness and the irritation for a little while. But as soon as we stopped using it, I couldn't keep using it. So you can't continue to use steroids, especially as a child. You, you know, it's, there's some definitely some side effects of that. So as soon as it stopped or stopped the antihistamine, it come right back and I had this big flare up and it was so frustrating. But when you address the root cause, which is what I found in an early age, if you address the root cause and use a more integrative holistic approach and treating it, then it, it, it has the opportunity to fully clear up, not just a temporary relief. And so when people experience that after all the struggles, it is not only a physical relief, a relief, but it's also an emotional, mental relief as well. What, uh, what, what do women do that, you know, what do you do with women that wear makeup and they feel like they can't go out without wearing makeup? Uh, any counseling there, changing of products or things to tell them to do so that they still can look how they want to look, but, uh, you know, improve their skin? 
Well, when it comes to addressing the root causes, I think it's important to you to do it both internally and externally. So my approach is, so in my book, Clean Skin From Within, I talk about, I guide people through my two-week program. This is the program that I was doing at the Waldorf Astoria, and um, I actually started this whole weight loss program, and then people kept commenting about how their skin would clear up in, in addition to losing weight. So um, I shifted it and kind of adjusted it to focus really on skin. And so in my book, I guide people through that to because um, I know not everybody can come in and see me one-on-one, so I wanted to do this in the book. So having that internal approach of, of avoiding the big trigger foods and instead replacing with with foods that actually address root causes, that are anti-inflammatory, that are hormone balancing foods, that address nutritional deficiencies that are common with skin. Um, and then also looking at what we're doing on the outside too. That's also really important. And using clean skincare ingredients and formulations that improve the the skin's natural barrier, the barrier of our skin that it needs to have in order to be healthy, which has to do with the pH of the skin and the skin microbiome, which is the microorganisms that live on the skin and protect the skin, that keep it from breaking out, that keep it from uh, uh, aging prematurely or being dry and dull and those sorts of things. So we want to do both. We want to address things from the inside and the outside. And we also want to do things like stress management practices and cleaning up our, our um, uh, you know, our lifestyle and exercising and getting a good night's sleep. All of these are important to, to help the body both internally and externally. And I know some people, when they hear that, like, that sounds like a lot of work. But I can tell you that it is so worth it. And even if you start, even people, even within a few days of making some changes, they start to notice the change. And when you start to have some of that relief and you start to see that change happening on your skin and you start to feel and see the relief, it, it keeps you wanting to go in that direction. So that's why I had it, people started off with a two-week plan because within two weeks, people notice a shift. They notice a change. And then that helps them shift into an overall healthier lifestyle on an ongoing basis. So for, for to answer, I mean, I'm kind of answering questions, but to get really direct with your question and to help really improve the quality of the skin to the point where you don't have to cover it up, it's an internal approach. And um, I think doing the, my, my two-week plan, I lay it all out exactly what you need to help improve the skin from the inside out. And then on the outside, using these skincare products, um, to help really promote a healthy skin microbiome. Those are the things that I see and I hear over and over again in my patients and my customers. And that as soon as they do this, they realize they don't have anything to hide. That I've, I've heard these incredible stories. Like I just did, um, I have a podcast coming out this week and then I interviewed one of our customers, which I'd never done before, but I interviewed uh, interviewed her because I knew she had this story. And she said in the, in the interview, she said, I never knew I could love my skin. I knew I knew I'd get to the point where I'd stop breaking out or I stopped having eczema, but I never knew I would love it. And she's 40 years, she's talking about I'm 40 years old. I can't wait to see what my 40s bring um, because now I feel so much more confident. And that's really what I want for women is to be able to experience that. And for people over men too, um, it's, I think that women are a little bit more susceptible to feeling self-conscious about it. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Um, in terms of the, again, the makeups 
the lipsticks and the things like that, that that women use any alternatives they can use you know i've heard that there's uh you know some toxic chemicals and lipsticks and certain lipsticks mm. are more natural or foundations or things like that any recommendations there or you don't yeah, really get into absolutely. that realm yeah no absolutely i mean the first but the first step is trying to get to the point where you don't feel like you have to hide it but i know as women we still like to um you know we like the pampering thing we like you know we like to put on makeup and look pretty and do all that kind of stuff at least most women do not all <laughs> but um some of us like to do that and so certainly if you're going to choose to wear makeup then you want to look at the ingredients because there are so many toxic ingredients and in personal care products it's not a well-regulated industry so just to kind of give an example for people um um uh, on average, people use about 12 personal care products a day, which exposes them to 126 unique ingredients. And um, in, in, in Europe, they've banned over a thousand ingredients and in personal ing care ingredients. But in the U.S., there's only been about 11 ingredients banned for use in personal care products. So it's just not a very well-regulated industry. And so what, but what we are finding is that there are, are hormone-disrupting chemicals in many personal care products, things like phthalates that are used in fragrance to help the smell last longer, are known in the research to have hormone disrupting effects. Um, there are things like parabens, methylparaben, propylparaben, those types of things are used as preservatives in skincare products that have been found in breast tumor tissue and that are uh, related to estrogen mimicking effects. And so we want to be careful with these kinds of uh, ingredients. And you mentioned lipstick. And when we put lipstick on it, you're basically you're licking your lips, you're consuming foods, you're you're really intern taking those things internally. So there, a lot of the things that are in lipsticks and lip gloss, if you actually knew what was in there, there's no way that you want to consume it. There's no way you'd want to eat it. So, but there, the good news is that there are natural, clean products. I I have my own line, the Spot Doctor Skincare line. Uh, I don't make makeup, but I have skincare products. But I know that there are a lot of good products out there. One good resource for people is Environmental Working Group, ewg.org is the, the website. And people can go to the Skin Deep database on there where they can search, actually search a lipstick or a mascara or um, and see how it's been rated as far as the um, health concerns with each and the list of ingredients and the rating of that. Um, there are certain products that are verified by EWG because they know that it has their stamp of approval. My skincare products are EWG verified. Um, there's also, um, what is it, Safe Cosmetics. There's some other um, websites out there, the Campaign for Safe Cosmetics. There's uh, another good organization website where people can go and look up ingredients and products and see and just learn a little bit, just like you want to learn about what you're eating and maybe ingredients in your food and, and, and having it shifting into a healthier lifestyle, add um, uh, personal care products to it. Think about all the products that you, and because even men, think about all the personal care products that you use. Think about the lotion, shampoos, and uh, shaving gels, and uh, sunscreens, and all the different products that you use on a day-to-day -day basis, toothpaste, all of that. It, it starts to add up when you start thinking about all of these on the body and that your your skin is actually quite absorptive and that you can absorb a lot of the ingredients through your skin. It gets into your bloodstream and that adds up over time. You find that, um, you know, your patients with skin issues are more compliant 
or less compliant because of the nature of what's affecting them and how visible it is? Um, well, I mean, I think that everybody is unique. and it. Uh, but I think that when people have been struggling with something for a while, they tend to be more interested in seeing it go away, especially if it's been a struggle and they've tried things, haven't had success. I, 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 people that usually come see me, they've tried a number of different things. So now they're like, just tell me what to do. I'm ready to make big changes. And uh, so I hopefully, I don't really want people to have to get to that place to make a change because that's why I wanted to get this book, my book out there and get this message out there is look at it early, but don't wait until it becomes an ongoing painful process. When you start to notice changes in your skin, that's when you want to pay attention. And of course, if you have those chronic skin issues, it's not too late. You can still reverse it, but it, you don't have to you know, wait to get to that point to make a change. And then what, what would be a typical experience going to a, you know, a regular dermatologist MD versus going to you? Like how do dermatologists tend to handle skin issues? And I know you can't speak for all of them, but just generically, right. what are the differences? Well, it's um, it's an interesting time with dermatology. I think that there are actually some dermatologists now that are looking at more of an integrative approach. So you can find integrative dermatologists out there. They're not everywhere, but it's starting to happen. There are conferences. I, I spoke at one last year, an integrative dermatology conference. So it's, started, it's starting to, to happen where there's a shift in that where um, it used to be that with dermatologists, and it's not, I'm not just picking on dermatologists. I think that with medicine in general, someone has their specialty, a doctor has their specialty. So they look at that one thing and they're not really looking at the whole person. So with, with dermatology, conventional dermatology, the, the typical approach is, okay, let me look at your skin. Okay, you've got this issue. So let me give you this medication to address and make it go away. Or let me uh, remove that with um, this device. I will remove this. And, and not really talking about what, what caused that to happen in the first place. Why is that continuing to happen? What role does diet play in this? What role is maybe your gut health playing in this? Uh, what what imbalances might be happening in your skin microbiome and your gut microbiome that could be leading to this? That's what the difference is. Again, I, I think that there are integrative dermatologists now, functional medicine doctors that are looking more at, at having a, a different approach and looking at this in a more holistic way. And I know, and, I, and again, I don't want to pick on dermatologists because I, I think that they have an important job and I think they have an important role. And I refer to dermatologists often for people to get a diagnosis, to have their skin checked for skin cancers and skin care prevention. All of that I think is important. And I know that we're also, doctors a lot, a lot of times are limited by the system and that we're a lot of, most doctors take health insurance and with health insurance, they have to fall. Uh, they have to follow the rules of how to get reimbursed. So they have a limited, often usually they have a very limited amount of time they can spend with each person. So they're not going to have time to talk about diet and nutrition or what might be going on with their gut because it's not really their specialty. They're talking. They're they've been asked to talk about skin, so that's what they're doing. Well, last question before we we wrap or we're getting close. Um, how often does the microbiome enter into the skin conditions you're looking at and what can affect different diets or are there other ways to affect the microbiome? Yeah, absolutely. It plays a really big role. And I see that most of the patients that come see me at some point, we want to address the, the gut microbiome to help address the skin microbiome. 
And the skin microbiome is anytime there's um, in a breakout in the skin of some sort, whether it's acne, rosacea, eczema, any of the skin conditions, the common ones, there is an imbalance with the skin microbiome. And whether it's the trigger for it or if it's a secondary reason for it, there's an imbalance there. So now whether or not the gut plays a direct role in that is um, then we have to do, we have to figure that out. And, but I do find that quite often it is the case where the gut is playing a role, especially in some of the more common ones like eczema and acne, where we've got um, issues going on with the um, imbalances in the microbiome. We've got issues with, with um, leaky gut, which is hyperpermeability of the gut, uh, the, the gut lining. So um, this creates more inflammation in the body, and then that leads to inflammatory skin issues and what is called um, uh, leaky skin also. So the skin barrier becomes compromised, and part of that is from internal impact and part of it's external. It's not always the case, but I do find, especially with the people that, that I end up seeing, which is a lot of acne and eczema, that, that the gut microbiome is definitely playing a big role. Oh, very good. So what's the best way for uh, folks to get in touch and to start learning you know, yeah, from you to read your book? I mean, what's the first point of contact? For yeah. Well, I did mention my book a few times, so I wanted to give people opportunity. Right now, we're doing something where we're, uh, we have the book for free. We're just asking people pay shipping and handling to get the book to them. So um, so it's only uh, $9.95 to get the book for just the shipping and handling fee. If people want to get a copy of my book, they can go to book.thespadoctor.com. And the spadoctor.com is T-H-E-S-T-A-D-R.com. So doctor is abbreviated. So people can go book.thespadoctor.com um, and, and get a copy of the book for free. I also have an online skin quiz. That's theskinquiz.com. And that helps people figure out what their root causes are. It gives some recommendations for them. That's another tool. They can just go to the spotdoctor.com. Again, doctor is abbreviated DR. Right, very good. Dr. Kate, thanks yeah. so much for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reached age 40, I never realized the obvious that we all have medical issues or we at least have a family member or close relation that had, has, or will have them in the future. Medicine and biological systems are the final frontier. Until we've conquered death, figured out how life began, cured cancer, and understood our purpose in the universe, there's a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to our health. Future Tech Health means I'll be covering futuristic topics that are actually already in clinical trials, or even starting to appear on shelves, or by prescription, or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR-Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you.